0: Hello and welcome back to the Blue Tomorrow podcast. And with the Premier League season only a few days away, we thought we'd do a special episode featuring two ch- fellow Chelsea fans, George Yates and Jackson Fuller. Thank you very much, guys, for joining us. Obviously, me and Tom have been talking a lot about how we how we thought preseason has gone for Chelsea, but I'll get your guys' initial thoughts on that just quickly. I'll go to you, George, first. How have you made up Chelsea's preseason so far?
1: Refreshing, Kieran. I mean, this time last year, I think a lot of people. <laughs> were panicking um, at the start of the season. I don't think anyone thought that we'd be as bad as we were. Um, But it's been uh, very refreshing, obviously. There's a lot of new faces, a lot of deadwood as such out the door, a lot of energy on the pitch as well. And and there's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of people that, a lot of players, and also I think the manager has has got something to prove, having not had the most successful time at PSG. Yes, he won the league, but I think he's still someone that's, that's got something to prove as well as a lot of the players. So... I'm hopeful for the for the start of the season. Unfortunately, and Kun getting injured uh, has dampened the spirits a little bit on my behalf, and I'm sure many other Chelsea fans as such. But yeah, I'm a lot more positive than I was this time last year. Let's put it that way.
2: Jackson, similar thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think. Um... I think I don't want to get too carried away right now. I'm, a, I'm afraid of the pain that could come. Uh, and it started, like, as as George mentioned with the Nkuku injury. But, I mean, I, I honestly completely forgot how, like, I how terrible last preseason was until I think last week I went back and started looking at things and, like, oh, my gosh, yeah, we lost to Arsenal 4-0, 4-1. Some, like, it's this is just miles better, and uh, I'm expecting, like, I mean, I'll knock on wood, you guys can hear that, but I, I just can't see how the season's like worse than last year. And uh, any improvement will be will be welcome, just given how, how young the team is, how much change there's been. Um, but it is Chelsea, and we still have to hold them to, to high expectations, right?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree, especially on that point about how much better this preseason is compared to last season. I know preseason isn't always the be-all and end-all, but I definitely think it does set up a club... Uh, to go forward into the season and if you've lost all your pre-season games you're not just going to magically turn that around on the first game of the season obviously Liverpool coming up on the weekend it's going to be an exciting game I've been looking at Liverpool's results in pre-season and it seems to like they score a lot of goals and concede a lot of goals so hopefully we should have some goals uh, in that game but we'll talk about the player of pre-season now I'll go first Uh, for me I think the player of pre-season is Nicholas Jackson Uh, I think uh, Chelsea fans we've been lacking a a proper striker for so long i mean we've been dawdling around with havertz uh lukaku had a bit of a go at it. it's just been a, and, and Werner before that so it's just been a bit of a mess for a while uh, since diego costa really and i think he's shown really promising signs up top and hopefully that can continue into the into the season obviously there are honorable mentions which i'm sure maybe one of you one of you guys might have picked um but for me it's jackson tom
3: uh, yeah, I mean, I obviously, echo your points on Nicholas Jackson. He's definitely the player, the player of preseason for me as well. Obviously, getting the with the two goals and the three assists he got in the in the games he played. I mean, it was a li- couple of like issues in the Dortmund game, which you'd obviously expect, but that's that's fine. I'm happy for him to sort of learn from those mistakes. He was very frustrated at half-time in that game. They hadn't put them away, so but yeah, all in all, very very promising. So yeah, for an honourable mention, I'll mention Ian Martson, um, someone who. Probably most play, most fans expected not to get much of a chance in preseason. He was expected to come in and play left-back. and would have been quite low down on the pecking order, but Poch gave him a go in various positions. I mean, he took the chance in the opening game against Wrexham and get, getting that goal definitely set him up to more opportunities. He obviously played right wing, left wing and midfield a couple of times as well. So, yeah, for him to sort of fit in as nicely as he did, it was very good to see. And I'm hoping he gets, well, hoping he stays for one and gets some decent opportunities throughout the season.
1: George? Um, I think the two names that um, you guys have suggested has definitely been one. I'm quite liking the link-up between Jackson and Mudrick as someone that I'll mention as well. Obviously, a guy that um, has to prove himself really. Big price tag back in January. But yeah, um, on the in matson point, um, I didn't realise how kind of versatile he was. I knew he, he was probably ready for the Premier League, having had a really good spell, one at Coventry the year before, and obviously Burnley last year. Um, I didn't realise how kind of flexible he would be in a in any formation, never mind Mar- a Mauricio Pochettino formation. He's done well on the 10. Uh, he's done well out wide. So, yeah, definitely uh, two good mentions from you guys. And I think Mujic um, as well. Probably not quite the standout of the other two. Um, but, yeah, hopeful for him to have a good season.
2: Do you yeah. have those
0: thoughts, Jackson? Yeah,
2: go on. I think I think Jackson and Matson are probably the, the obvious choices. But I do think if, you know, I'll say Jackson, but I just want to shout out Carney. Uh, I think like no player maybe has done more for his place in the Chelsea team over this uh, over this stretch than him. I think like we're we're at the point now where Gallagher has to play in the pivot or he has to be an eight because Carney is the clear like first choice at number ten between those two. And I don't know if I expected that at all uh, coming into preseason. I figured. Uh, Gallagher would probably get the first chance there based off his experience and you know the previous managers have have seen something in him and liked him but I think I think like maybe that would have changed if Nkuku hadn't have gotten hurt but I really think Carney was going to start versus Liverpool with a healthy or a hurt Nkuku so uh maybe not the MVP but I think he's done the most yeah for his- I think I think I agree with that
0: uh point K- Carney has been absolutely fantastic uh this this preseason and I'm excited to see what he does going into the going into the season obviously he will be getting more games now that Nkunku is out I mean in being out is not a good thing since he probably won't be playing for at least December and maybe even January uh depending on how bad how bad the recovery time is uh but that does free up minutes for Carney to get to get more minutes on the pitch and He's definitely uh, shown he's he's deserved it going into this season. Uh, so that kind of brings me on to uh, the signing that you are looking, that you are most looking forward to seeing this season. Uh, I'll ask you to pick someone different to who you mentioned for player of preseason. Uh, so for me, he's not he's technically not signing, uh, but Levi Colwell feels like a signing at centre back. Uh, he's looked absolutely phenomenal uh, for us in preseason, as he as he did at Brighton last season, and I think. Now he signed that contract. I'm happy for him to lead lead the line at centre back, learn from Thiago Silva, and eventually take over uh, that role as the the premier centre back in that back in that back four with Fafana out injured indefinitely. Um, so yeah, Colewell for me is is someone I'm very much looking forward to seeing this season, Tom.
3: Uh, I mean, in, in fairness, we're at a stage where we haven't actually got many official players that have come in so far, but I'll i will I'll give a rogue shout to him. I'm quite interested to see what happens with Sanchez in goal this season. Obviously, the last sort of 12 hours or so, we've heard rumours that Thomas Tuchel wants to bring Kepa to Bayern Munich, so what that means for the goalkeeper position at Chelsea, obviously whether we're, there's going to be anything in, in behind that deal, whether we're going to get any positive talks with Bayern or not, is yet to be seen, but... And even if Kepa stays, I'm intrigued to see if there is a a situation where Sanchez can usurp him for the number one spot or whether he'll get much of an opportunity, but... I think he's someone who has a lot to prove. He's obviously come in with the goalkeeping coach that he was He was worked really well under at Brighton and uh, stories I believe, believed was gutted when Chelsea took him from Brighton and obviously then ended up losing his place and everything else once um, the Zerbi came in there. So I'm very intrigued to see how he does and how he looks in a Chelsea shirt and whether if Kepper goes, he's boosted up to number one or if Chelsea do go out and buy someone who will be the star. So it'll be yeah, interesting couple of weeks, I think.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, we're definitely going to have a little bit more of a conversation about Kepper uh, up later. But George, I'll go to you for the the signing you're most looking forward to.
1: Yeah, it's it's difficult. Obviously, Jackson's obviously someone that I'm really looking forward to. But um, I'll give a little shout out to Andre Santos. Um, looked very calm. I don't think massive wasn't like a ten out of ten, but he looked very. I think his maturity for his age was something that quite impressed me. It certainly didn't look out of place. How much of an impact he'll make. On this season, especially if we do get Kai Sodi through the door, if we don't, I imagine he's someone that will probably uh, end up uh, playing a lot more than probably us Chelsea fans would expect for him to play this season. So he's someone that I'll give an honourable mention to. Obviously, um someone that we did sign last year, Carney, is someone that I'm really looking forward to uh, this season as well, as Jackson's mentioned, with Kuko out. Uh, I think he has a really good link-up play with um, the two central midfielders and his, and his dribbling almost reminds me a little bit of Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I don't know what you guys think about that, but um yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play as well.
0: Don't bring up Ruben Loftus-Cheek to me. I'm too <laughs> sad about him leaving still. <laughs> You've kind of run out of uh, choices here, Jackson. I know you're a big fan of Andre Santos, and I, I feel like Mudrick and Chukwameka are going to feel like new signings this season, kind of, where they didn't really have much to go off last season. So who's your answer?
2: All right, well, I'm going to... I'll choose someone who I think is coming through the door, and that's yeah. Tyler Adams, actually. He oh, yeah. works American. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, but I, I just think the the... Like the discussion around him on social media right now is like, it's kind of funny. Uh, just like I see some people saying, like, oh, I don't want this guy to to block, uh, you know, Cassady and Santos, and I can't pronounce the uh, the French defensive midfielder's Leslie. name, just call him Leslie, <laughs> Leslie, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. Leslie. Um, but I, I think, like, I think people like we need a midfield destroyer, even if he's not like going to start every match. Uh, someone, I mean it feels like we haven't really had a true like midfield destroyer since John Obi Mikel. I mean, Conte could do that at times, but he was so versatile. Um, I think people really forget just like leads weren't in the relegation zone until he got hurt and missed the rest of the season. And that's really what kind of started their downfall and uh, into the championship. I think he's no, he's not going to provide assists. He's not going to be like the Fulcrum build buildup play, but He's a guy that, like, when a, when a Liverpool or a Man City are breaking on a counter attack, I do trust Adams to be in the right spot to at least, you know, be a a, a, def, def, a, a stopping point for that uh, counter attack. Gosh, I can't speak. It's a uh, nine in the morning here in the state. <laughs> oh god. I I think I think Adams. I'm really excited if he does come in just because of the versatility that gives our midfield. Um, we can, you know, close out a game with him, hopefully, Caicedo and Enzo uh, as a midfield three. And I, I think that's a really good, uh, you know, option to have.
0: No, I agree. I, I think if Caicedo doesn't come through the door, I definitely would get Tyler Adams in. I think he probably is going to come in because Caicedo is going to drag on for so long. I mean, every day it seems like there's an update that actually isn't really an update from from the transfer journalists. So personal terms have been agreed, but <laughs> the clubs are still trying to find a deal for the 70th time in a week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think Adams will be, be an interesting an interesting player to see how he does at the club if he does come in. Uh, let's talk about the captain situation because it's still not been officially announced who is going to be captain. It seems to be between two players. I mean, Kepa might be a rogue shout, but I think it's between Silva or James, uh, realistically. Uh, for me, I think... Keep it with Silva for a, for a year, and then move on to James. Maybe James can be the captain when Silva doesn't play. Uh, but I would still have Silva as my club captain, just because James is still very young. Um, I know he's. It feels like he's older than he is because he's been playing for so long for us now. But he is still quite young. And Thiago Silva does have that experience uh, in in defence uh, that maybe James doesn't quite have. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be agreed with on this. Just looking at the faces of some people, <laughs> Tom.
3: Uh, well, I mean, for my original thinking, as preseason sort of started, I thought that would be the obvious decision. Um, I mean, obviously, Thiago Silva's experience, he's been captain in various countries for PSG and AC Milan for a very brief period when he was there. So you'd think that would be the obvious choice. But I imagine there's still little barriers there. Like his, apparently his English still isn't amazing, which might might prevent him from communicating with some of the others. Of course, he does speak French and we do have a lot of French players on the books now, which would be a good addition. But yeah, I mean, i I would have no real preference either way. I think if if Poch sees Reese as someone who's ready to to take up that mantra, who can stay fit for long enough, which I think he'll be, he'll be quite likely to do so. We're playing one game a week this season, and he's had a full pre-season now with with no problems, which hopefully is only going to be built on once we start the full season this weekend. So. Yeah, if, if Potch feels that Reese is ready to lead that line, which I think he is more than ready to do. So, obviously, if, if Silver is only here for one more year, then we might as well just start it now. So,
2: yeah, I'd go with Reese straight away. Jackson? I, I, I think it would be completely asinine to not give Reese the captain armband uh, at this point. Just he, you know, he. Lifted the trophy in a very nonchalant way during the uh, Premier League summer series. He wore the armband instead of Thiago Silva against Dortmund. He's spoken, you know, very clearly. He wants to be the captain. This is his dream. Uh, I just think, you know, giving him those kind of yes, it's preseason. It doesn't really matter. But giving him like that indication that you're, you know, one of the top considerations, and then taking it away. We're throwing these young guys to the fire this season. You know, Carney, Mudrick, Medueca you know, Santo seems like he's staying. We're playing so many young players. I, I don't see any reason not to give Reese the armband. And I think, you know, if Tiago Silva is not going to be the type of person that's, you know, his ego says, oh, I should be captain. I deserve to be captain. He clearly is going to be fine with kind of being the co-captain and maybe the backup option to Reese. I just think it's time to kind of give... We just saw Mason Mount walk out the door. You know, we've seen in the re- like that past four or five years, some academy graduates flirt with leaving, and some go, some stay. Reese has never had that flirtation. I think he deserves the Ben. All
0: right, George. We've had one one silver, one leaning Reese, one heavy Reese.
1: Uh, what side of the fence do you lie on? Yeah, I am on the Reese James cap- captaining camp side. Uh, I just don't. I think with Silva, I think he's going to be, what, here for another year? Maybe, maybe another another one. I just don't think there's any point in giving it to Silva when you know he's going to leave in the next year or two. So I just think it's just an obvious solution that Reese James takes that armband.
0: I think, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to Rhys James taking it. I think the likelihood is he probably, probably is uh, just based off that preseason, But I mean we have had instances of mason Mount captaining the team in the past uh, that doesn't mean it doesn't mean that we should just give our youth players um the captaincy because they' because they've come through the academy and like you mentioned we are throwing a lot of young players in if we do go through a bad run of of form do you want another young player telling others his his mates I guess I mean I've, I guess they're all friends but you're more matey with your, your fellow your people who are the same age as you than you are someone 10 or 15 years older than you. Are, you are you comfortable with a with a 20 year old or however old he is telling other 22 year olds how to get out of the rut. i don't know hopefully that won't happen in this season because we're gonna have a nice positive season anyway uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it'll be interesting to see uh but moving on from the the hopeful hopeful positivity to the perhaps negativity uh what's the position uh, you are most concerned about going into the season uh i'll go straight to George. Jo- i'll go last on this one george you can go first
1: i mean the concern is obviously central midfield. I mean, the fact that we've got so many young players. Yes, it, yes, it's fantastic that we're buying uh, top talent in France, in Brazil, who are under-19s, under-20s, um, that could potentially be great players in three, four, five years' time. But the fact that you haven't really got, a bar from Enzo Fernandes, someone that's really experienced in the Premier League, is, is very concerning. And especially going into uh, game week one against Liverpool, uh, who have been so attacking in pre-season. That's certainly something that is concerning me. There's not a huge amount else. Obviously, the goalkeeper's a bit of an issue. Yes, we brought Sanchez in, but the fact that Kep has been rumoured, if he does go, who do we get in with, what, two, three weeks of the window left? Um, But yeah, I think central midfield is probably my number one concern um, and goalkeeper being number two. Jackson?
2: Uh, I probably would have agreed with George before the Nkuku injury, but now it's it's striker. Uh I just, until I see Jackson banging in the goals in the Premier League, I'm, you know, I'm a believer, but uh, I'm not quite, I'm not going to church every Sunday just yet. You know, I'm still, I'm still being very uh, cautious with how much I'm believing. And uh, with Nkuku's injury, if he does get into a poor run of form, I don't, you know, it doesn't seem like Broya is ready quite yet to you know play in the Premier League. Um, I don't really know who the backup striker is at this moment in time. And, uh, there's a limited number of options up front. Uh, I think in Cuckoo's presence would have made that a lot more calming just because he can score goals from a 10 or left wing position. Uh, but we haven't really seen Mudrick, Carney, Sterling, Medweke like provide consistent goals. So that leaves a lot of pressure on Jackson's shoulders. I'm optimistic. He can live up to it, but it's, uh, uh, with our current run of strikers in the past, you know, five to ten years, I am concerned. Oh, well, we've still got Lukaku lurking around couple <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh Tom? Yeah, I think I echo both those points. Obviously, at this stage of the window, we still haven't brought in a uh, uh, the experienced midfielder that we've been chasing pretty much the entire window which is of course going to cause concern then I echo Jackson's thoughts as well um losing in is is a huge blow because yeah not only just leaving Jackson as the sole fit striker at the moment it's also asked a lot of questions of the players around him because yeah like Jackson said where, none of them have really delivered consistent goals and players from midfield at the moment I haven't haven't been helping in and delivering apart from maybe Conor Gallagher who got two in pre-season but yeah, it's it, it's going to be interesting to see how he how he starts at the weekend. How if he's able to? It's a big test straight away. Liverpool, obviously a very strong defense. If he can answer those critics straight away, and then Mudrik will probably be in there as well. And obviously, we've had our concerns with Sterling and Madwake's not fit yet. So there's a lot of lot of demand for the goals at the moment, and a lot of questions where they're going to come from where, apart from just Jackson. So yeah, I think that would be my main concern going into this week.
0: You say Liverpool have a strong defence. They do concede goals for fun. So Mm. I think if there were any team that he wanted to play other than like, you know, relegation fodder, I think Liverpool's a pretty good one. They play quite a high line. Jackson's very fast. So getting in behind shouldn't be a problem for him. You play Mm. those passes over the top. um, Hopefully he can finish them. I mean, we saw that so many times against Liverpool in the past with even Havertz, Werner and uh, even Lukaku getting in behind the Liverpool defence on all of them just missing their chances. Um, But yeah, I think that... That is going to it's going to be an interesting test uh, for me. You guys have kind of settled the positions, so I'll just say an overall arching theme of experience in the team. There is none apart from Silva. It's and Kepa. It's slightly concerning. I would have liked an, an experienced midfielder uh, to have to have been ready to start this game uh, or at least be on the bench against Liverpool. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. I'm pretty confident now that the the board are all about eighteen year olds it's some kind of child trafficking scheme they've got going on here um but (laughs) yeah i would have liked some experience in the team it's not happened uh hopefully it won't be an issue if we do go on a a downward turn of form uh i mean we saw with arsenal last season when they started losing games at the end of the season they completely fell off off the pot and man city picked them to the title not saying that if we have a season like arsenal last season i won't be happy Uh, but if we're in that top four race and then we fall off completely it's not going to be ideal so you guys did mention, or, or George mentioned the goalkeeper situation. So let's talk about Kepper because apparently our old boy Thomas Tuchel is looking at bringing him to Bayern Munich. I'm not sure why. Uh, I think noise out injured actually. I think that might be the reason. Um, okay. But it's an interesting one so late into the transfer window because obviously we brought in Robert Sanchez. Uh, we kind of thought as a backup goalkeeper, really, or maybe competing with Kepper. Definitely not starting uh, the first game of the season. But if Kepper is is if Ke- if there is a chance that Keppa will leave, uh, Sanchez will obviously be the starting goalkeeper. So my- I guess my question to you guys is: Would you sell Keppa? I mean, we're seeing we're seeing a loan to buy, which for me is definitely a no. Uh, but if there is a permanent transfer fee that's a decent amount, would you sell him
1: with the hope that we bring someone else in, George? It's an interesting one. I think he's got two more years left on his contract, but I think the fact that Mendy has gone and there's not a huge amount. Of goalkeepers on the market, obviously Raya is someone that I've I'm a big fan of, but I've, I think Fabricio is here we go to him. I think yesterday it was the one that obviously stands out is Mike Magnion, but he's going to cost an arm and a leg to prize away from AC Milan. So it's it's a difficult one. If if there's an offer between thirty and forty, say thirty five, may I may accept it because of the fact he's got two years left on his deal. Um, if we take it to next year, we're not going to get a huge amount, um, of money for him. But I, but with the lack of goalkeepers on the market, I think ideally you'd want to keep him, even though obviously he's not at that top echelon of keepers with the Allisons and the Edisons and the Reyes and the whoever, they are the other top keepers in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, I think for the moment I would keep him depending on the price. Yeah, I think the the lack of keepers on the market is is slightly
2: concerning. Jackson? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think like, I really don't. It feels very similar to Jorginho last year where, like, for the grand picture of the club, it was the right decision. And now, as we're entering the 23-24 season, I'm glad that Jorginho is off our books and we got some money for him. But I do think our team... Uh, suffered last year without Jorginho, Uh, just like, you know, he has his flaws, but he's a very, he was a very experienced midfielder and we had injuries there. And uh, I think perhaps maybe we finish a couple spots higher in the table if we have him. And not that that really mattered last year, but it could matter this year, the difference between, you know, fourth and and sixth. So I lean towards no, but like George said, if a a club comes in and offers a, a good amount of money for him and we really don't want Keppa on our books next year and moving forward. I guess the club has to to sell. Um, I'm just very skeptical that any clubs going to come in. the The Tuchel thing. Uh, I I don't know if I believe that, but we'll see. Uh, he's been a really great talent ID scout for a while now, and uh, <laughs> maybe that's what's prompting Byron's interest in Keppa.
0: I'm sensing a hint of sarcasm there <laughs> <Just
2: a hint. laughs>
0: um, Yeah I think it's, it's an interesting one I'm not sure Robert Sanchez uh, Can can be our starting goalkeeper And if he is then who is who is the backup Because if, I, if I'm not wrong Robert Sanchez got dropped last year Or he got injured and then never made it back into the team uh, For Brighton I'm not sure if that's because he wanted to leave or Or things like that But if he's not good enough to start for Brighton? Is he really good enough to start for Chelsea? As a backup keeper, I was, I'm was, i okay with the signing. Um, but as a, as a starting keeper, if no one else is brought in and Kepa does leave, I'm not so sure. Tom?
3: Um, well, I think I'm probably a bit different to what we've heard so far. I'm more leaning towards the yes. I'd, I'd even happily let him go for a loan for a season is how much I'd want him off our books. Obviously, the <laughs> concerns are very, very, like, they're very worthy of all what happens if Sanchez isn't good enough. Obviously, we don't We have Marcus Bettinelli as our backup, which is yeah not someone who I'd happily throw in for a game or two in the Premier League. I'm happy for him to be the early stages of the League Cup goalkeeper and things like that, but obviously the fact he didn't go to the U on the U.S. tour suggests that he's not someone that Potts will want to be as his backup keeper. And then we've still got Bergström and coming on our books who haven't gone out on loan yet. I mean, Slenina is still hasn't quite gone yet but he looks like to be going to Belgium but yeah even both of those they're they're good goalkeepers but they're both still 20 and 21 so you're not not really someone who I'd want to be back up so it would be a case of we'd have to go out and buy someone who will be a short-term short-term stopgap before we evaluate next season someone who we can happily throw in as a as a substitute if needed or can be the star ahead of Sanchez which is a bit unlikely but yeah it's, it's, it's I think it's, I found it really weird when it came out last night because I know Bayern have been, uh, been on the lookout for a goalkeeper all summer. I mean, they've been linked with Raya. They've obviously let Sommer go to Inter. Neuer looks like he might not even be fit until January now. So they're getting really desperate to who they're going to be bringing in. And the fact Tuchel wants him, even though he, when Tuchel was at Chelsea, Mendy was his starter ahead of Kepper, and Kepper never really got a chance to get back into that number one spot until Tuchel had gone. So, yeah, it's really strange. But no, I would happily let him go. I mean, as I said, Saying that I'd happily let him go on loan, that's probably more my thinking if he's on 190K a week, which behind Sterling is the second highest and a lot more than anyone else is on. So if we can get that off our books for a year, then then great. But I imagine there'll be no real realistic place where Bayern are going to take him for a year-long loan and pay his full wages. So if there is a loan, there needs to be a, a minimum an option. And then if there, is a, if there is an option, they don't want him. He'll only have one year left anyway. So we can just let him go for pennies at that point, which is fine by me.
1: George, I don't know if you had something else to say or if Tom kind of covered it. Yeah, I mean, on the, I think on the Sanchez point is an interesting one because I think he um, obviously fell out of favour with Deserbi. I think that was mainly for, for with his style of play with his feet rather than his actual goalkeeping um, abilities, shot stopping. I reckon he he's probably someone that either if Kepa stays or if Kepa goes, I think he is someone that's probably going to have a run of games at some point this year. So yes, I think he is signed. He's not obviously the ideal star goalkeeping name that. All of, all of us want. But I think he is a he is a decent option um for us for this season and we'll definitely compete with Kepe uh, Kepa this year.
0: It will be interesting to see if that Bayern thing develops any further. I'm kinda of hoping it does just for something interesting before the season starts. <laughs> uh, so finally on predictions for next season, uh I'll get the I'll do this both at the same time. I'll go for your top goal scorer for Chelsea. Hopefully they get more than ten goals. This season and that would be a first for about ten, five seasons or something like that <laughs> and and league position at the same time um for me top goal scorer i want to go a bit of a curveball i'm not going to i'm just going to go jackson and i'm going to say we're going to squeeze fourth. tom you can go next
3: um, yeah, I think I, I echo you exactly. I think Nicholas Jackson, I think he, all competitions, I think he's capable of 15, 20 goals if he can continue that form that he had at the end of the La Liga season and what we saw glimpses of in pre-season. And yeah, I think we get in the top four. I think with our, with our lack of European football compared to others, I think Newcastle are going to struggle with the with the game demand, with their lack of depth. I think Tottenham will be okay with their, obviously they don't have European football either, or, albeit the very lowest of the lowest European football, so yeah, there'll be another team will be pushing around. Obviously, United and Liverpool, they're a bit harder to predict, but I think we could we've got enough about us to get in the top four. Jackson,
2: uh, yeah, I think it'll be Nick Jackson. Uh, I would like I sound like a broken record, repeating myself. That would have been Nick and Cuckoo before the injury, um, but I th- I'm going to say sixth. I just I think which I would be happy with this year, honestly. Given you know, I just think if you I agree on Newcastle struggling, um, but I think Liverpool's due for a bounce back season. I think United are not going to challenge for the title, but they're still going to be third, fourth around there. And uh, I don't know. I, I could, I could see somehow us, you know, our, our youth uh, plaguing us a little bit and finishing sixth. Um, I am interested to see though, maybe top five is the goal now, right? Like the champions league could be expanding. We might get an extra slot. Like, I mean, <laughs> If that's the case, then I think that's that's a huge boost in our favors for qualifying for the Champions League. I, I really I don't see how we can get four in, into that top four. I think that uh City, Arsenal, United, and Liverpool are uh clearly a notch above us right now just because of their experience. Um but maybe, maybe no Champions League football will really help.
0: Josh.
1: Yeah, I think in terms of top goalscorer I'd have to echo uh, Nick Jackson I'm I'm hoping he gets to about 15 uh somewhere between 15 and 20 that would be fantastic because I think Diego cost although no, Tammy Abraham would have been the last one to get 15 um in friendland 15 well, first, yeah first season I think was the last time um one of our players got 15 goals seems like a a, year, a long time ago. Uh in terms of top 4 um, sorry, in terms of league position, I, I, I think top four is possible. Um, Man United are an interesting one. Obviously, they've just signed Hoyland, um, but obviously it's been found out that he has a, he has potential to get stress fractures, I assume, recently. So whether he'll be able to start in the Champions League and in the Premier League two games in a week doesn't look likely, from if reports are to be believed. Um, and obviously that leaves you with Martial and obviously a massive problem for Man United last year was that strikers. So maybe they'll have the same problems last year. Uh, Liverpool are an interesting one. If you would asked me three, four weeks ago, I would, have said, I would have said guaranteed top three. Um, but I, they definitely need one defensive midfielder. And the fact that they've been so open, um, in pre season leads me to a little bit of hope in that sense. I think I, I think I'd still probably predict Liverpool to finish above us. Um, but it'd be interesting to see. I think the only the only two that I really I'm hundred percent certain, not hundred percent certain. I'm pretty sure that will finish above us will be City and Arsenal. Um, but in terms of Chelsea, I'll say top four.
0: I don't know. I think you guys are overrating Arsenal. City definitely. City are going to win the league again. Uh, but Arsenal last season they didn't have any European football. They had did they have like Conference yeah, League World or something? League.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, they were not playing their starting eleven in that. Uh, They don't have the greatest depth i know they've improved it this um this transfer window but it's not perfect it's nothing compared to what city have um and what well united kind of have although they're selling off their depth, a lot of their depth. i don't think arsenal are gonna be in top two i think they'll be fighting for top four place as well uh liverpool and united i reckon will make up second and third and spurs are an interesting one as well because they've looked all right under their their new well, they were two-one up against Barcelona. They did lose four-two, uh, but they, <laughs> they were two-one up for a point. Uh, I think they're going to be quite interesting. Well, quite a fun team to watch as well because they're apparently another team that score a lot of goals and can see a lot of goals at the moment. Uh, They'll be an interesting one. Let's move on to the quiz. It's just a short one. It won't take very long. Uh, <laughs> three questions are going to be individual questions, and then two questions you can kind of—I'll I'll just ask you and you can give your answer. Uh, so I'll start with you, George. I think this is the easiest question, so I hope you can get it right. Yeah. Uh, who scored our first goal in pre-season? Um, <laughs> it was Mattson. Well done. That's a point for you. Well done.
3: Thank you, mate. Um,
0: Jackson,
2: how many clean sheets
0: did Chelsea keep in pre-season?
2: Oh, my God. Um <laughs> Zero, right? Two. Um, two. Yeah. Five nil against Wrexham, and oh. two nil against Fulham. Okay. Wrexham doesn't count, but <laughs> what is Fulham? Fulham, I will accept it. <laughs> there. Uh,
0: Tom, this one's for you. Who top scores for us in preseason? How many goals did they score? Um, that would be... Ooh, is it Kunku with three? That's correct. Uh Jackson had two, Gallagher had two, I think. Mm. Uh and Mattson had two as well. Nice. Okay, this one I'm gonna ask you individually. Just say the don't don't explain yourself, just say the answer. Who started the most games for Chelsea in prison? I'll start with Tom. Um I
3: know, someone, I know people have got a lot of minutes for whether they started a lot. You don't explain your answer, just sorry. say it. Um I'll go with Um,
0: Kepa Jackson
2: uh, Can I copy Tom's pick? I think it's Kepa <laughs>
0: You can copy Tom's pick Yeah, Kepa. George
2: um,
1: I was thinking Gallagher I'll go Gallagher just to be different
0: I think you're all wrong I, Actually I'm not 100% sure on Kepa He definitely didn't start the first game against Wrexham. No, um, I'm not sure if he started every game after that, but Nkunku and Chukwameka both started four games out of five, which surprised me with Chukwameka. I didn't realise he started so many. Mm. Uh, but I guess that and one was kind of a freebie while all the other players were away. And Nkunku started that one as well, I think. Um, so final question. What minute was the last goal of our pre-season scored in and by who?
1: Georgia, go with you first. Uh, so what was it? Dortmund was our last game. If I don't explain your answer, just say it. <laughs> I can't even remember who it was. That's terrible. Uh, oh, um, Burstow, in the I oh, 71st minute. Jackson?
2: Uh, Burstow, in the 80th minute. Tom?
3: Uh, Mason Burstow, 86th minute.
0: Guys, come on. You, you all messed up the minute. You got the player right. I guess you, after George got it, you were all going to get it anyway. Um, but it was the 89th minute. Ah, so, I it was wow. late. I was passed out by this point. I had <laughs> fallen asleep during halftime <laughs> and, and missed that goal completely. But yeah, that was our last goal of pre-season. Uh, so just finally, before we end, let's talk quickly about Liverpool. It's going to be a fascinating game, I think. I'm hoping it's not going to be nil-nil. I'm also hoping it's not going to be a draw because Chelsea and Liverpool have a tendency to draw uh, a lot. Um, I think we can win, you know. I think their defence is so bad. Uh, Well, the the players themselves aren't bad, but just that they're all over the place. I mean, Alexander-Arnold's playing like CDM at this point. Uh, They're just throwing players all over the pitch. Robertson's not looked very good. And I think, like like, we met, like I mentioned earlier with that high line, I think Jackson is going to have some joy uh, getting in behind. Uh, I'm really hoping we can carry on our positive free season into that Liverpool game. If we lose that game, I might cry. Um, but I think we will win. I think we will win 2-0. Tom?
3: Yeah, um, it's, it, uh, I think you've echoed it nicely with saying it's going to be an interesting game. Obviously, opening day of the season, both teams aren't going to be quite as complete as they want to be. Um, Liverpool's midfield is going to be so interesting because so they don't have a DM at all at the moment, or an out-and-out one anyway. I've seen some suggestions that they may play McAllister deep there, or Curtis Jones is going to get the mo- the minutes, or as you mentioned, Alexander-Arnold's going to be their deep-line midfielder, which is why they're going to be so open. And Obviously, you've mentioned their high line and Jackson Gay in behind, but I think Mudrick's a guaranteed starter for the for this game, and we see, saw how we did at Anfield against them. So there's a good chance he'll he'll have a uh, hopefully have a good game, and yeah, hopefully we'll be be ready to compete. I'm intrigued to see where what the starting eleven is. I think there's two positions where it could be one or another player, whether it's Sterling or Martin out wide, whether it's Gallagher or Chukwueze in the ten. I think it's going to be int- going to divide a few people, but yeah, I think we can win that game. It's yeah, and. and a nice one two two nil two one would be very 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 good
2: jackson uh i think it's gonna be a draw uh, (laughs) i just i just just don't like uh, we had so much excitement in the preseason, um but i think like the speed of liverpool's attack really concerns me um i don't think i think I, I really I think one thing that we haven't talked about on this pod, and I, I know you, Tom, and Kieran have in previous editions, is like Potch has been great. And I think that this preseason, he's like, we've been playing a very attacking style, but I think he's he's smart. He's not going to like just go out there and play a helter skelter approach against Liverpool. I think. And I think that's going to be the biggest upgrade at any position for Chelsea this season is when when we have a match against a Jurgen Klopp, a a Pep, you know, uh, you know, deserve like we're not going to be overmatched in the manager's box. So I think we're going to you know, this is a game that a win would be great, a loss would be really uh, deflating at home first match of the season with all the positivity. I think we're going to play it smart, I, I see a draw, but I will say one one instead of the nil nil fiascos that we've had against Liverpool.
0: Finally, George
1: I'm going to
2: have to agree with
1: Jackson, but I think this could be a seriously entertaining game for the neutral. I'm going to go two, two. Um, I think something that obviously I'm really really excited to watch against Liverpool. In particular, is that obviously that left hand, uh, channel that I've mentioned, Chilwell was getting has been so advanced in attacking positions at points during this preseason. And he's someone that I'm, I'm hoping, um, gets assists, goals in, in that particular, um, Tom, obviously mentioned, uh, Midrick earlier. I think he's someone that I think probably will start and hopefully should, should get some joy on that side. But yeah, I think it's such a, a such a big game, um, to really get, The mood of the Chelsea fans back on side and back in back of the board and the manager as well. And as well, I mean, the fact that we've got quite a nice run, uh, after, uh, after Liverpool game. We've got West Ham who look in a bit of a mess, uh, at the moment. Uh, and then Luton, Bournemouth, Forest, all in that first five, six games. So, yeah, really important game, but I think it will be 2 2. As long as we don't lose, um, I'll take it.
0: Honestly, I'm more scared about playing Bournemouth than I am playing <laughs> Liverpool. Bournemouth, though, it seems to beat us every single time we play. I'm just looking at their Liverpool's lineups throughout the preseason. This was their midfield: Gakpo, Trent, and McAllister. Yeah, we're going to yeah. walk through that. Like, oh, it doesn't get better in their later games either. Their their last midfield uh, with Henderson gone, it's. I don't know how you can pronounce the guy's name. Schublesmine. 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 Uh McAllister, what? and Gakpo. Who's playing? Who's the defensive role Mc then? McAllister. McAllister
3: in that, yeah, which is a mess. It doesn't work. It doesn't so work ma- maybe
0: course. I was maybe I was wrong with two 0 because maybe we won't keep a clean sheet. They have scored uh, four goals in like three out of their five preseason games. Um, so maybe I'll go. I'll go three two.
2: Who's playing right
0: back for Liverpool? Well, when they put Trent into um, into midfield, they they had a. Uh, some random youth player, Bradley or something. I, don't, I haven't ever <laughs> heard of him. <laughs> Can't give much insight. I'm assuming Trent will be back at right back uh, for that game, but he just plays in such a weird position even when he's at right back.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's I, yeah. I think the biggest, the, the thing that I'll be watching the most is can we please not have a toxic Stamford Bridge? So, Tom, <laughs> I want to report on that. Wow.
3: Um, so one thing we haven't mentioned for this game is that there is a specific bald man who will be wearing the referee shirt. Who-
0: oh, things- no, <laughs> don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, i provide you all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't we're gonna end the podcast on, on that. Uh he's gonna Ooh. turn it around. He's, he's gonna well, he's gonna be under so much pressure to not make a mistake that maybe no, he'll actually yeah, favour us. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he the... makes
3: one little decision that the crowd don't agree with, it they turn on him immediately. So it's Yeah. We have said that be box in the past. It's gonna be box <laughs> office for the neutral, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a, a good Sunday Premier League game. Mm. Uh, Super Sunday time as well. Top.
3: Peter Drury's first game on comms, what could go wrong? <laughs>
0: it's got nil-nil written all over it now actually (laughs) now I'm thinking about it Uh, anyway this has been the Blue Tomorrow podcast thank you George and Jackson for joining us we will have you back on the podcast at some point during the season uh, when Chelsea are top of the table (laughs) but thank you for listening uh, and bye bye